The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Well, we had this stupidly massive ice cream thing and I was just, I'm stuffed for days. <laughs> days. Then there is a problem with your digestive tract because there's Thank you. no reason the ice cream should be in there for that long. <laughs> so obviously... <laughs> You need to take some sort of supplement, and I can I can recommend a really good line if you'd like um, to <laughs> help you. with your digestive uh, system because it's obviously <laughs> if it can't handle the ice cream because I eat it by the tub and I have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it goes it goes through, and you're hungry again the next day. Next day, <laughs> love I'm it. Hungry the next hour, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> a special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Philipson. One day a long time ago, okay, well, like about 12 years ago, a registered nutritionist first appeared on a local breakfast TV show, whizzing up some homemade baby food live on air. It wasn't a fluke to be there. It was a publicist who came up with the idea and pitched and secured the spot. This publicist just so happened to have a beautiful baby boy who was about to start eating solids and his mom needed to learn how exactly to make food for him. Hearing about these mommy chef cooking classes, she came through a friend of a friend who had attended my classes They'd make food, they'd schlep at home, and then feed their bouncing, beautiful babies. At the time, she had just been let go from her job and was actually looking to start her own business. Saw that I had started my own business. She said, well, why don't we work together? So I said, okay. I can still remember standing in the basement of my home, which is where I did my eight cooking classes every single week. Holy smokes, that's for another episode. And, and I agreed to be her first client. This was my first experience with a publicist. And wow, did she ever help me to take what I was doing to the next level. Going from teaching in my basement to becoming an expert on TV to start years later, writing my first book. That's the story that I'll circle back to because it's a really good one. Then moving on to doing weekly radio segments with our very own Jerry Agar on News Talk 1010. And I think that went on for like five years. And that was even after being on TV with him for two years on Sun, Sun News, arguing about burgers constantly. So it's all pretty good, pretty cool, really, when I look back at it. Wow, how did all of these things unfold? So because I'm always looking forward, one day I thought, oh, you know, I've been doing this radio thing for a while, and I thought I'd inquire about having my own radio show. I thought, hey, if I can talk for like half an hour on radio being interviewed, I could totally share a lot more on a like an hour long show. And it seemed like everybody wanted to hear what I had to say. So it was pretty good. Well, that never came off. But as often things happen, when they're not meant to be, it's really a stepping stone to something else. And that's exactly why I'm here talking to you because what came from me asking for a radio show and that not coming to fruition came the Eat This with Leanne podcast, produced by my rock star and wizard producer, Chris Kant. <laughs> now you have to say something. You, yeah, now, now you put me on this. I feel like I have to sing something. You called me a rock star. I feel like I have to break into song all of a sudden. Chris, everything that Chris does in this podcast just makes, I believe, the whole experience for you, our loyal listeners, so much better. And yeah, I just, I smile every single time I listen to our podcast because of what Chris puts into this. <laughs> My main job is really to edit I think that I should be called the editor because if I let you go, the podcast would be eight hours long. So my job, 
is I'm it's like me landing a plane. Picture, you know, there's Leanne. She's yes. the 747 coming down the runway, right? And here I am, <laughs> this little guy with sticks, lighted sticks, waving them frantically in the air trying to get her to stop. <laughs> trying to push her in this direction and that direction. Land the plane, yeah. Leanne. Land it. Land the plane. Yeah, so that, I get it. That's my. That, I think that's my main job here. Is uh, is because she's. It's, if you could just see, she's bursting with with information. <laughs> it flows out every uh, every uh, part of her body. <laughs> every part of her body. <laughs> yeah. So that's yep. the great thing about it is that I get to sit here and and I've always said it's always nice to be friends with people smarter than you. Because then yeah. that makes me a better person. So I, I, you know, and just by being your friend and being your associate and, and working together, I've become a much smarter man. So that's a good thing. Yay. So <laughs> I'm going to say about that. <laughs> See, it's not <laughs> nice when you get compliments. You never know what to say back. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. 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 Touche. Is that the right word? Touche. Touche. So maybe this is the first time that you're tuning in. If so, Welcome. If you've heard any of the last 32 episodes, then welcome back. I realize that, yes, my bio does say what I do and where I did my training and all that important background. And I know that you hear Chris and I interacting every week, laughing hysterically as we just did, sometimes being really serious. But maybe you don't know us. Maybe you don't know the people behind the podcast. You don't know what maybe what makes us tick. You hear little snippets and try and figure it out. Um, but maybe you don't know what got us here. I've just given you a little bit of insight in that. And maybe just a whole bunch of fun stuff that might make you laugh out loud as you hear the answers to the questions that I have from you, our loyal listeners. I asked, what did you want to, what do you want to know about us? And if you have any specific nutrition questions, of course. So today on Eat This with Leanne, the A's to your Q's and some a little bit more personal of nature than our usual. All right, this episode is dedicated to you, but it's a little bit more about us. Relating and knowing others on a deeper level helps us to feel more connected. And while we're living this very distanced life, I really know that we need a lot more connection. Well, I do anyway, I don't know about you guys, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely missing that personal connection. I often get stuck on making sure that I provide you with all the right tidbits of information, what I want you to know and how you can make better choices and realize that all too often I leave myself out of the equation my thoughts, my feelings, and my vulnerabilities. Of late, I've been working on being more open, sharing more of myself with everything that I'm doing, not just the expert information side of me, but me, the person, the woman, the mother, the person who really does a bad job of being, just being and chilling out. I find myself consistently working because I think that's what fuels my soul. Well, I'm still in contemplation on picking that one apart. So I'm, I'm still a bit of a work in progress. And I will also say that Chris is a huge part of encouraging me to share more about myself. So thank you for well, that too. Well, you got to think about it. The conversations that we have away from the microphone are so yeah. often the are, are just as, if not more interesting than the conversations we have on the microphone. Your personal um, life yep. and how you're yep. affected by whether it's COVID-19 or whether it's your diet or whether it's your kids or whatever is exactly yep. what everyone else is going through. And so that right. that more than anything else is to say, if you share, so will they. And that's what that's we right. want. We want everyone to yeah. share. You know, this is a conversation. Yeah. It's, a, it's a discussion. It's a conversation. The only way to get to the truth is, is to make sure everyone weighs in. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And getting out of my expert head has been a lot of the work that I've been, that I feel like I've been doing even since we've been doing this podcast, because I feel like I need to show up and provide value with the information. Mm. And then the disconnect is that I, me, myself, and I am also valuable. So. Very true. And, but you got to remember information is only part of it. Because it's yes. the it's the vessel and the delivery as well that's so important. Because I I'm sorry, there's tons of information in a, in a uh, in an encyclopedia, but I haven't yeah. opened up one of those things in <laughs> 25 years. Just use it as a doorstop. 
<laughs> and I have no interest in opening one either because there's nothing fun about an encyclopedia. There's there nothing interest, right? So that you have yeah. the presentation and the person, the, the person delivering the information is just as important, and that's why um, I think, anyways, that's why I love you, and that's why so many others do as well because the, you, you make the information interesting. Right. right. You bring it down to a level where we can go, oh, OK, I get it. Yeah. And, and that's valuable way more than any encyclopedia. Um, I just want to say I'm a huge fan. All right. So let's get to some questions. Are you ready? No. <laughs> No, I'm not. Okay. I'm going to ease you in. So I'll, I'm going to ask you the question. And okay. then unless, unless you have another one for me, I'm going to I'll answer the same one. All right. So let's ease in with what's your favorite food and why? <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you have a week? I got a lot. Of, <laughs> I've got a lot of favorites. Okay, you got to pick. You got to pick one. I've got I know. Uh, I know one of them. Your shepherd's pie. Yeah. You talked about that on one of our episodes. Uh, You know, I, to me, I. It's going to sound cliche, uh, but it's a really good steak. Uh, it's mm. probably my favorite. It's a good steak uh, me- done medium uh, yep. with with sautéed onions, mushrooms. Um, you know, the best steak I ever had was Gord Ramsay made it for me. Uh, seriously? Yeah, seriously. He was uh, he was part of uh, uh, something that we were doing um, uh, at the radio station, and he was cooking for us and doing sort of a cooking <gasps> display, and he made a steak, and it literally took him five minutes, right, because to do a really good steak in, in anywhere from medium yes. to medium takes about five minutes. And yeah. he, with the, with the, the little pan and the butter and the, and he did it just, I literally sat there and I don't think I took a breath for the entire five minutes. I just stood there like a statue staring at him. And he, (sighs) and I think he noticed that. And sure enough, when he cut it open and said, there you go, that's a perfect steak. He put half of it on a plate and handed it to me because he was in the middle of of doing something. (laughs) So of course I ran out of there like a squirrel with his nut. Consumed that epic best steak I ever had. (laughs) Oh, and best story to go along with it. Holy smoke. So good. Yeah, but that would be my favorite. Is I'm a meat and potato guy and and I'll always fall back on that. Okay, so my favorite food has has to be oysters. Oysters. I know. Isn't that a funny one? I shouldn't get yeah, I shouldn't get judgy over here, but um really oysters. What was the how old were you when you first tried oysters? Oh, like um, the first time I had, I was trying to remember knowing this would be my answer. I was trying to remember the first time. And I think, uh, I must've tried it before that, but I think it was at a friend had like a, an, a gallery opening kind of thing. And, and they had Rodney's, which is a Toronto, uh, probably quite famous oyster bar. Right. And they, and they had them there. And, and I remember standing there, there was like four or five different kinds. And, and I thought, okay, this looks really quite cool. But as a lot of things, maybe, you know, and also your experience, your experience of eating that steak was the process of Gordon Ramsay making it, it taking five minutes, being a part of the experience. Right. Oysters for me have that going on too, because now that I know the difference between a whole bunch of different oysters, mm-hmm. the first time that I, that I tried them, I tried different ones and then thought, Oh, I like that one. That one's okay. That one's not too big. For instance, that one's not too salt watery or, you know, it's like wine. You can really find an oyster that you like and then realize, wow, do not like that one for whatever reason. Do oysters like, have a different flavor to them? Like I always thought oysters took uh, on the, they took on a diff- the flavor of whatever they were garnished with. But I always thought no. they, were, they were tasteless. No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. So this is some education on oysters <laughs> then. So the PEI, New Brunswick, you know, the oysters that we tend to right. get locally yeah. for us here in Toronto. Um, I prefer New Brunswick. Mm. oysters for some bizarre reason um there's all sorts of like there's french kiss there's lucky limes i'm trying to think of the one that i had lately um so something that i've done lately is head over to another place is called oyster boy and then i've got four different types of um of oysters and then it's like it's an adventure to try them out when i haven't when I haven't had them before, yeah. but 
but then you got to wash them. Then you got to clean them. And then I learned how to suck them. So I suck them myself and then clean them and then put them on the plate. I make, uh, I make the, make the mignette sauce. I grate the, the horseradish, the fresh horseradish. You can't do any of this beef horseradish stuff that you might be having with your steak has to be fresh horseradish and lemon. And it is just to die for. But again, it's the experience of it. Right. And enjoying it and then trying it, you know, three or four different types of oysters, comparing them and tasting them. And it is a whole experience. And if I'm not doing, you know, if I'm not doing oysters, um, a good steak, like you said, like a good grass fed steak from my favorite butcher, I adore. But I'm also a huge curry fan. I love a good Indian chicken tikka masala when I used to live in England right. was like the best thing ever. So I've got a, I've got a few. Okay. Next up, what's your favorite, just to keep it food-wise, what's your favorite topping on a pizza? Ooh, uh, bacon. Oh. Yeah, bacon. Okay. Yes, yes. And and I prefer um, strips of bacon as opposed to the crumb. You wouldn't think there's a real difference, but I, I kind of like the, I don't know, maybe it's the animal in me. I like ripping the bacon off the pizza sort of thing. So I that to me, it's bacon. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, this one for me is going to blow you out of the water. Mine is raisins. Um, no, thank you. I don't know. I don't even know what to say to that. Wait, how did you, <laughs> who, was it by, was it by mistake? It must have been by mistake. No. Nobody said to you, you didn't go into uh, a pizza joint and say, yeah, I'll have the pepperoni and raisin pizza. Well, it was kind of like that, actually. There's a place in England called Pizza Express, and they have this pizza, super thin crust. Uh -huh. The only way that I that I really like it, and I don't really eat that much pizza, but this one in particular had long strips of red onions on it. Okay, I can't re quite remember what the sauce was. There was definitely some sort of salty-ish kind of meat on there. And then raisins. And the contrast of the sort of saltiness with yeah. a little bit of the sweet... And then the red onion was so, so good. So I very often will will throw on the odd raisin or two. If my kids get it by mistake, they're like, Mom, what are you doing? Um, along with some anchovies or something like that. So, yeah. Oh, anchovies and raisins. No, no, no. Not together. Not together. Oh, sorry. Not together. Okay. Not together. No. Well, anchovies one side, a couple of raisins on, on the other. Separate, and then uh whatever. Separate or double date. Who does that? <laughs> Is it all gross? What are you doing? That's you're ruining pizza, Leanne. I get the theory behind it because if you had told me like when I was young and somebody told me they put pineapple on pizza, I used to think that was nuts. Because right. it's sweet, right? And you think to yourself, well, I don't want something yep. sweet on my pizza. But as you get older and you start to develop a, a much larger palate then you yep. realize that having that contrast of sweet and salty is really, really good. So I, yep. I, I get the theory. I just don't know if I could actually apply it. Totally get it. And my kids <laughs> constantly tell me that I ruin the ruin pizza because I do. <laughs> and in the recipe in my book is, you know, I say pile it high, put broccoli, green beans, peas. Um, I tried beets once that did not go well. I do not recommend that moving forward. But all sorts of vegetables can go on top of a pizza. And True. then the, yep. the, cheese, the cheese is the glue. Yep. But they're yep. like, no, mom, it's not. You know, it's that's still, not how it goes. It's still the easiest way to get Get kids to eat vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne. Okay. So um, getting a bit more technical then, mm -hmm. um, how, lo how long have you been a producer and what got you here? Oh, gosh. This is a long one, too. I've been in radio now for 20, this is my 28th year. Um, wow. so I've been doing it for a while and it was, it, it was literally, uh, I was in high school yep. and we have to do co-ops in high school. The choices were limited, right? Because we're a bunch of snot nosed high school kids who <laughs> nobody wanted hanging around their business, but sure enough, certain places like printing places and, uh, offices and things like that were offering up these co-op internships. And so it was just about getting these kids out of the class and into a work environment. But there was a radio station in town that offered one position for an intern to be in their newsroom of all places. And of course, everybody wanted it because nobody wanted to go work for the copy shop. They wanted to go and work for the radio station. Cool. That's cool. 
And so yep. and so we all the, it was the only co-op that we had to interview for. So we actually had to get dressed up. We had to go in. We had to sit down with the news director and the GM of the radio station. And we had to interview for the internship because there was 20 kids that wanted it. Wow. And so that's what we did. And I got it. They, 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 I don't know what they saw, but they saw something and they said, okay, we want the, the, the funny looking short blonde kid. And so they put me in the newsroom. And from that point on, I, I sat there for the first day and I erased, I took uh, eight tracks. Remember eight tracks? These yeah. Eight, these eight track carts and I erased them all yeah. day long. That's all I did. I stood there with a massive magnet and I'm sure it probably did damage to my insides. But I sat there oh running God. a massive magnet, standing next to it the whole day, erasing carts for the entire day. And that's what that was wow. my first day in radio. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, it's just grown like a like a weed inside me ever since. And, and yeah. So. And you do vo- and you also do voiceovers yourself. Yeah, I do. A, I do a, lo- a little bit of everything. But my, what I fu- what I have the most fun at is the producing side of it. Love my job. Love what I do. Um, okay. So how did I, how what did, was the question? I, how did I become a nutritionist? Yeah. And and you've been at this for a while too, because it's, you haven't only done it here. You did it over in, in um, England too, didn't you? I, I did. I actually did all of my training in England. It's a three year course. Um, it was part-time, so I could still keep on working, but in my early twenties, I went off, um, as you do probably running away from something. And I worked on cruise ships for about a year and a half and working on, on cruise ships. There are a lot of people eating a lot of really unhealthy food 24 mm-hmm. seven. And, you know, whether it was, uh, was cruising up to Alaska or New York to Bermuda so or cool. the whole of the Caribbean or yeah. wherever it was that we went. Food, 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 unhealthy people, unhealthy people. And at that time, I was uh, I was doing like 11 massages a day, doing facials, nails, all of that, that kind of stuff. Because in England, I became what's called a beauty therapist. That was my first kind of career. Like an esthetician. Um, is that what it is? Like an esthetician. Yeah. Okay. Uh, an RMT mixed with an esthetician okay. and a whole bunch of other things kind of thing. Okay. And, and then I realized like, wow, I could just keep on massaging these people. Their back's not going to get any better. I could slap another cream on their face doing a facial and it's not going to get rid of their acne like there's some basic basic stuff and then I looked into homeopathy I looked into nutrition I looked into herbal medicine and then I thought you know food is the most basic thing that we do every single day and I truthfully believe has the biggest impact on our lives so I applied to I when I got back off of cruise ships I had to go I had to go back to college to do chemistry at nighttime that was a disaster. <laughs> I had I had a place at Ryerson. I was going to come back to Toronto from England. I had a place at Ryerson. Okay. But because I didn't pass the chemistry, mm. um, chemistry A-level. So it's kind of like just going straight in and doing grade 12 chemistry when you haven't done it before. So I know I tried. I went every, went every week, sat, sat in tried. the night school. <laughs> you tried. That's fun. I did. I tried. I tried. I tried. Um, and then in the end, I ended up staying and, and I did my training at what's called the Institute for Optimum Nutrition right. in, uh, in London, England, which was, which was three years. And it was just tremendous. And I graduated in 1998, but then you had to do a whole year of internship. So I did that. So 1999 is when I, when I graduated. And then in 2001, I moved back to Toronto and tried to keep on going with nutrition, but you guys were really far behind Europe. It was a completely different experience. I think Loblaws had maybe just come out with their first organic oats or something like Mm -hmm. that. So it was completely, yeah, completely backwards. So it was a really, really hard slog to stay in, in nutrition and keep on going because it's just, it's a different medical system here in Canada. Everything is different to what I experienced in Europe, but I don't know, I guess it's just in me. I, so I just, I just kept going. Last question. If you could sit at a table and have a meal with someone, who would it be? Well, considering how long we've been in quarantine, anyone at this point, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, Alive or dead? Does it matter? No, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, Robin Williams. Oh, good one. Yeah, Robin Williams. He's always been a uh, an absolute hero of mine. Okay. Uh, and it's funny because it's, it's it's always been it was his serious side that that actually uh, attracted me. It wasn't his goofy, you know, out of control side. 
right. which is very can be very political. And, and because it's a lot of American politics, when I even as a youth, I didn't get 90 percent of it. You know, I missed it. Um, right. But it was the serious side of him. it was the Dead Poet Society uh, side of him. It was the Fisher King side of him. It was the awakening side of him. Uh, anybody who knows Robin Williams knows these movies. Um, you could just see the depth in that man's eyes. And so, of course, I started to consume him beyond the movies and interviews and books and so on and so forth. And I just find him fascinating. Absolutely uh um, destructive inside, but wise beyond anything I could ever imagine. And that comes from experience, right? His life experience, yep. uh, what yep. he's dealt with when it comes to addictions and anxieties and disorders and marriage and kids and the people he's met. I mean, he was best friends with a man like Andy Warhol. And, oh. and, and I mean, you can only imagine like trying to pick the brain of a man like Andy Warhol and what was going on up there in his, in his, yes. in his prime, in his heyday. Um, and so to think, to put myself, uh, in that, in the, the presence of that sort of genius, I don't fan out very often. And I've met a lot of very famous people in the job that I do. Yep. Uh, but he, and I've never met Robin Williams. Um, Mm -hmm. but he would be one guy that I would, I wouldn't even know what to say to him. I would just stand there and he's the, one of the few people I would, besides my father, I think he's one of the few people I'd put on a pedestal. What about you? Would uh, who who would it be for you to sit at a table and pick their brain while you peck away at your oysters? Oh, well, I'm trying to think if there's anyone more de- more, more. No, it is this person, yeah. Jamie Oliver. Oh yeah, see, I yeah. I re- I really like Jamie Oliver. He seems extreme. I- Extremely real. He's very real in what he does. I completely agree. And I remember his first cookbook because I was in England when his Naked Chef Naked Chef came out. Yeah. And and at that point, I was much younger, and I thought, Naked Chef, what are you doing in the kitchen naked? That's just (laughs) ew. You know, that was just you know me back then. Yeah. (laughs) So naive. Oh my gosh, so naive. Didn't even know that he was talking about the food being naked. You know, not himself being naked. Well, I think that's what it was anyway. Now that I say that, so I have actually met him a couple of times. But what what really got me with him was two of the initiatives that he did. He is someone who has a huge heart. And the first initiative that he did was um, was in schools in England where he went into schools. He dressed up in vegetables and he (laughs) went in with baskets of vegetables and taught kids about what is a vegetable, because so many of them have never seen them before in all sorts of different areas of the UK. He went and he did that. And I thought, wow, Mm -hmm. That is, you really, really want to make a difference. You really, really want to have an impact. And the second thing that he did, I think this was him trying to break out into the U.S., was he took on the U.S. He got a lot of flack for it. And he opened these like pop-up shops of like a, like kitchens mm-hmm. and then, and then had local people come and learn how to cook. And there were so many people in these small town U.S. places who, yeah. you know, have got obesity issues and food scarcity issues and all of this. So he got so much flack that like, we don't even want you here. And yet he persevered, he got through it. And there were a lot of people that were impacted by that. And I thought, wow, that is real. Like you're seriously doing this. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I was doing a TV show, I've, I've met him twice and, and him being on, um, on the same morning show that I was on, I, I actually like plucked up the courage. Oh no, actually the first time I ever met him was at an, at an event and a publicist told me about him mm-hmm. he was launching his launching his book and he did a competition with kids and these kids had to come up with recipes and and make foods and and then present them to him in this whole you know they recorded everything and he was beside himself when he had to choose and say which one was best it was so hard for him then there was a photo op afterwards and I thought, okay, I, you know, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to go and have a photo with him. And I, and I still have that photo. And I thought, I've got to, I've got to talk to him. I want to talk to him and not just like, you know, lose it, you know, like you might with Robin Williams. Like I need to have a conversation. <laughs> right. Otherwise I'm just going to, my mouth is just going to be on the, on the floor. So I said to him, I have a question for you. And he said, okay. And I said, which is better 
gas or induction. And he just went, oh, man, that's such a tough question. (laughs) And then he just went through this whole, like, he talked to me for like 10 minutes. They had to like stage hook me off of... (laughs) Of the fo- of where the photos were being done because uh. genuinely he was like in in like turmoil trying to give me an answer. Yeah. He's like the the wife loves induction. She like it's just awesome. She does so great on it. But you know, gas is gas, and oh, it was just the best. This conversation honestly went on forever. So much so the publicist was, "What did you ask him? I don't know that you can do that. You took up so much of his time." I was like. I know this is great. I know, (laughs) and then I uh, and then when I saw him on saw him on TV twice, then I actually showed him because of course I had it as my screensaver on my phone, and I showed him the the picture, picture. and I said, "Any chance we can do an updated version of this?" And I got in a lot of trouble by the producer for asking him. Whatever, but I but I did it. He's such a top. He's (laughs) such a top guy. Yeah, and he seems like it. It's nice that I think part of the of what makes him interesting. And appealing is that he brought so many of those sort of European ideologies over to America, uh, North America. And 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 that's sort of what we latched on. As you say, the Europe was so far ahead when it came to the the food side of things. And they are in a lot of ways. But in the general sense, so he came over and he was almost like this magical wizard to to the the North Americans where it's like, wow, do it again. Um, And so we that's part of his that was part of his appeal i mean he has a wonderful personality yeah. and 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 that helps but that's yeah. that's definitely part of his appeal and and they do food so differently over there even in schools right i mean in schools yes. they School often lunches yeah, are, they yeah. often have School a, dinners actually yeah they School have dinners a, are called full cafeterias and stuff and kitchens in a lot of the schools over there do they not they do right they and, do. So, the, and the yep. ki- so the kids don't necessarily bring their lunches they're fed on premise they are. And that's something that we we wouldn't have any clue what that's like. It's like it's an epic cafeteria. Right. And, you know, that's another thing that he did. He's like, we've got to make the food better in the in the cafeteria. It doesn't have to be this, you know, everything out of a packet. I do right. this with daycare. I do this the same thing with daycares now. Yeah. I go into daycares and say, all right, ditch the burgers, ditch the this, ditch the that. Here's all of the good food. So I am a lot of what I do is very inspired by him because the simplicity of what he does, how he cooks, his recipes, how he just brings real food to the table that mm-hmm. explode, you know, just you know, as your taste was having a dance party. That's kind of how I look at food. And you don't have to be a chef. That's the point yeah. is that you don't yeah. have to be a chef to prepare uh, nutritious, healthy, simple, delicious food. Right. And yep. I think to be honest with you, we should probably put the delicious in the, be the first word we use there because yes. people want their food to be delicious. Right. Because the minute you say healthy, nutritional food, people that, well, you think you're you about think. to have like cardboard because <laughs> <laughs> it has fiber in it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Go on, just get it down you because it's good for you. <laughs> So does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? All right. So let's move on to some of the nutrition related questions that came out on social media. And Chris, you can help answer if you like. Uh, They might be they might be a little bit out of out of your lane. But as he said, he's learned a lot. So you never know. I'm going to get Jamie Oliver on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. So number one came from uh, from Natalie, actually, was how do I know if my supplements are actually working, Mm. especially probiotics? Such a good question. All right. So there are so many supplements out there. And really, it's sometimes really, really hard to know um, what they're doing and what they will do. Uh, But what we need to look at is a little bit about how you're feeling. So let me just run down a few, but I'll say that there is a lot going on in your body that you aren't aware of at all. You don't know when your arteries are blocked. You don't have x-ray vision. You don't know when a muscle is just on the edge of about to cramp because the internal workings of your body uh, are just a little bit off in the minerals. Maybe you also don't know when your stomach creates an ulcer or when that ulcer gets better. So know that the internal workings of your body aren't always felt to make you aware of what's going on. And that really happens a lot with supplements. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about a few of them just to explain a little bit further about what you might be feeling as you take them. 
So for instance, the B vitamins, they're so needed for growth, for a bunch of other functions like healthy nerves, your hair, your skin, your eyes, as well as food digestion uh, and metabolism. If you go and take a B vitamin or a B complex, especially the reason that you know that you've taken it is because you have a go have a pee and it's fluorescent. All of a sudden you're like, what just happened to my urine? What just happened to my pee? Or maybe you're taking your multi um, and the same thing happens. Well, that comes from the B2. That's normal. Now, vitamin B is a, uh, a water-soluble vitamin as well as vitamin C. So what happens is it goes into your body, it does its work, and either when it's done or if you take more than what you need, you pee it out. So that's exactly what happens. So B vitamins, typically you'll know that they're doing their thing, hopefully, maybe because in the case of B6, which is needed for stomach acid, a lot of the time people um, have acidity or reflux and you think, oh, I've got to stop the acid production. All too often, it's because you don't have enough. So let's say if it was because you don't have enough B6, then you might start taking uh, taking a B complex and then your stomach all of a sudden starts to feel better. But you don't really put two and two together unless you know that those two go together. So typically you're going to feel more energy when you take B vitamins and that's probably the, the closest association to taking and feeling that I can come up with for something like that. Now, vitamin C, this is, I think, actually one of the unsung heroes of all the vitamins. Listen to all that it does. So number one, it's a powerful antioxidant. It helps you maintain your skin issue. It aids iron absorption and the use of folic acid. It's important in wound healing, provides immune support, builds healthy bones and teeth, promotes collagen production, which is all to do with your skin inside and out. It supports artery repair. I remember at college reading a study that said that when someone took, or there was a study that was done, so not just one person, took higher doses of vitamin C, it got rid of the arterial plaque in their arteries. That's crazy, just from vitamin C. And it also reduces your cholesterol levels. So these are the things I get excited about. So pretty much everything, really, so I think that everyone needs to be taking this vitamin every single day. And because of the immunity connection, especially now, every day, you need to take it all the time. If you mm. take too much vitamin C, then you end up with a bit of a bubbly belly, a little bit of diarrhea or loose stool. So, you know, when you take too much, but if you're not taking enough and you have, you know, cut your leg or something like that, and it's not healing very quickly, or you end up with a scar, that can be a sign of not taking enough of it or not having enough of that support for the collagen production for healing. With this question, it's pretty in-depth to say, I take vitamin C and I know it's working. Well, maybe you'll know because you maybe don't get sick or you get over a cold faster. Do you actually notice that? Are you aware of that or not? So it's a really, it's actually a tricky question. So I'm trying to explain further on it so you get a bit of an idea. Vitamin D, for instance, that really needs to be assessed by a blood test. Uh, a few of my colleagues say that the test that 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 you get when you have a, a blood test doesn't show up deficiencies as much as you can, but that's another debate. Um, but it really, really supports absolutely everything that's going on, especially during the COVID times. This is huge to do with your respiratory system. So it's really, really important to take it every single day. It's fat soluble. So if you find that, oh no, I forgot to take it yesterday, you can actually take double the next day because your body stores it. So that's just something to talk about there. Iron is probably the best one that you know that you would maybe go and have a blood test for to check what your levels are. It's generally recommended not to take an iron supplement unless you know that you need it. All of your red blood cells need this. You need it for energy, good mood, attention, IQ, proper immune function. So it's something you don't want to be deficient in. I remember being deficient low in iron, probably the only time that I have been during pregnancy, because as soon as I tried to take me and my big belly up the stairs, I'd be... <gasps> at the top. So I was definitely anemic. And a lot of the time people are given supplements, which are not very absorbable, they just end up being constipated. And it just ends up being, you know, just a really crappy situation when you're iron deficient. So you don't feel good. Some people don't hold iron to iron. So there are lots and lots of different situations. There's something called ferrum foss, which is a tissue salt. That's like a homeopathic iron. And I always give that to clients if they're low in iron. 
because it acts more as a magnet to take iron from your food. So there's all these little things that I know about that I pass on to people that hopefully you can also look into now. So you look for Fair and Foss. All these notes are going to be on leannephillipson.com. If you're like, what was that you just said? I didn't have time to write it down. Don't worry about it. It's all there for you. Great. 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 So this is actually also something else that I recommend for new parents to give to their babies because a lot of the time parents don't want to go and have a blood test for their baby. It's just not a, it's a pretty invasive thing to do to your little one and, uh, and a bit scary to have done. So, but you want them to have enough iron because it's important for their growth. When it comes to minerals, it can be a bit different. Tests that you can have done will show maybe a lack of calcium, for instance. How sensitive a blood test is for that? Mm, not so sure. But it's again, it's more the symptoms that you know that it's not working. Maybe either you're not eating enough or the calcium supplement that you're taking. So maybe you have low bone density and that's not changing. Maybe you have issues with your heart and that's improved or it's not. If there's too much calcium in your body, then that can show up as things like kidney stones or stones in your gallbladder for instance, and that's not fun. So the way I look at something like this is, let's say you have high calcium, what cofactors do you need? You need their best friends, you need magnesium, you need vitamin D, and you need vitamin K, so that you're absorbing the calcium in your body. And again, this is a place where you're not necessarily going to know if it's working or not. You definitely know when you don't have enough magnesium because maybe your muscles aren't happy, they're crampy, or they just kind of hurt all the time. Maybe your sleep isn't so well, or your stress is pretty much crippling you and you don't have much energy. Now that's not all to do with magnesium, but again, these are signs that even if you're taking it, maybe it's a form that's not absorbable enough because there's a whole bunch of different ones out there again, or you're not taking enough. I, this happens all the time with people. Yeah, I'm taking my magnesium every day and they're taking 100 milligrams. I will say throughout the whole of COVID, I've taken 400 milligrams every single night and it's the I get the deepest and best sleep, but it's because our bodies just blow through magnesium so quick while you're under stress. So the original question was a lot about probiotics too. So symptoms like gassiness, smelly farts, sticking up the bathroom after your morning or afternoon or whatever, bowel movement, diarrhea, constipation, IBS, just general discomfort. Oh, and worth a mention are, do you have athlete's foot between your toes? Do you have yeast infections, sinusitis, urinary tract infections, frequent colds, flus, and a plethora of mental health issues like depression? Well, do they improve? if you take a probiotic, even if it's a little bit, because so many of these symptoms can be connected to your microbiome if it's not strong enough, if it's not colonized with enough good bacteria. You'll know if it's working in most cases when you don't necessarily notice some of these symptoms, not saying that it's like a cure-all, but it's foundation. There's so much research that's coming out and connections made to the microbiome all the time. Even things like allergies, hives, eczema, and asthma, they're all connected to the microbiome. In case in this episode or any of the others, if you haven't noticed the probiotics are something I get very animated as I talk about them, they're just, they've always been one of those super fascinating things to me. Taking a probiotic is my number one recommendation to all my clients, pretty much no matter what their age is. I recommend, of course, my BioBoost that comes from my own line 99% of the time, but sometimes you need to have other strains. And like, it's complex, but I want to see that there's an improvement. Sure, you can have a stool analysis done where they analyze how many good guys and bad guys you have in there, but this is typically the first place that I start. Eat this with Leanne. Okay, Andy Huntley, who is actually my sister from the UK, she wants to know about the recommendation of daily fruit and vegetable in the UK, it's seven portions a day. Funnily enough, here in Canada, it's five. And she wants to know what is a portion. So I did a bit of British research. According to a NHS paper, a portion is three heat tablespoons of cooked vegetables like carrots, peas, or, or sweet corn, they call it there, mm. or eight cauliflower florets. Now, I don't feel that really general, and you're hardly going to get it like a tablespoon and sit there and, you know, measure out your peas or all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really find that bit of research that that, that useful, I have to say. Yeah. Another source said that around an 80 gram weight of fruit or vegetable is about a portion. 
I thought, well, let's go to where my other sister is, Australia. Now they suggest, and it's really pretty much in line with Canada, that about a half a cup of cooked green or orange vegetables like broccoli, spinach, carrots, or pumpkin, maybe half a cup of dried beans, whether that's canned, lentils, anything like that, but about one cup of leafy or salad greens, half a cup of corn, that's the kind of thing that you're looking at when you're checking out your vegetable quantity, when you're adding up how many servings am I having a day? And then maybe it's one fruit, like a banana, an apple, an orange, a peach. They do in uh, from Health Canada, they actually suggest half a cup of frozen fruit or even canned fruit. Canned fruit is not a favorite of mine. And they still have on their list a half a cup of fruit juice, which I completely disagree with. Okay, so Valerie, she asked, what's the best time to take different supplements? And it's interesting that this is a lot about supplements. Um, and also, are there some supplements and vitamins which should be taken together or close to food? Okay, so some need food and some don't. Sometimes when you're taking your morning vitamins and you haven't eaten enough, you can actually end up feeling really nauseous. And that's not really a good thing. Vitamins may be better taken in the morning because they give you energy. So certain B vitamins is what I'm talking about. Vitamin C and vitamin D. Supplements that may be better taken in the evening or closer to bedtime are the calming minerals like magnesium and calcium. And then also B3, if you can believe it, can help you to fall asleep easier. That's a bit of an anecdotal thing, but uh, but yeah, it could help some people. Some vitamins need food in your belly to absorb them. So let's think about fish oils or anything that has some fat in it, like the omegas, or even, uh, even the fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A, D, E, and K. Because we need the lipase, which is the fat-digesting enzyme, in your belly to digest the supplement as well as the food. So in any fat situation, it's always better to take that with food. Um, my Sunshine D3 K2, uh, the supplement in my line, it's a liposome spray. So actually all the absorption happens in the mouth. So normally I suggest that people take it away from food. So again, just showing you that it kind of depends. This is not like a cookie cutter answer for you. Most probiotics, they need to be taken with foods, but again, it depends on the strain. When should I take my uh, raspberry flavored gummy vitamins? When when are they best taken? Mm, never. No. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, you've been so helpful to everyone else. And then I come up with a question and it's eh, forget it. Yeah. So raspberry gummy vitamins should not all be in the same sentence. (laughs) It comes down to the absorption, my friend. This is like these gummies are like the new age Flintstones. I had Flintstones when I was a kid. Right. So there's no. Did you? And and it was. They did nothing. It was. What do you mean they did nothing? Look at me. I'm a I'm a strapping young man who grew up because he had his Barney vitamin. That's what my mom keeps telling me. Yeah. So when I discovered yep. the gummy yep. vitamins, I, I'm, yes. I, I think I bought the store out uh, right. because I'm th- in my head. This was before I met you, obviously. But obviously. Yeah, my, my, my children would be healthier people and I met you a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have had them before. I don't eat them very regularly, but I have had them before because yeah. I yeah. had to try them. But you're of not the, you're not the first person to tell me that they're useless. They are. Absolutely. The, the absorption and, you know, the way that you the way that you put a supplement into a, a hard tablet. Right. A, a gummy. Right. The bio the bioavailability of that to your body yeah. is two to five percent, like truthfully. <laughs> And when you when you read what's on the side of the label, yeah. you know, how, how much is in there, you know, I you might be lucky if the vitamin C in there will stop you from getting scurvy. But that's <laughs> before your body your before your body has to just has to be able to break it down and take it in. Right. So that was a huge thing when I came up with my own supplement line was I have to take into account that people can absorb this even in the highest levels of stress, of illness, of disease, of no matter what is going on with their life, because our digestive system stop working when you're stressed. And that's most of us, 99% of the day. So (laughs) really, really important that you are not relying on a gummy 
as Chris says, or a Flintstone or whatever it is. And, and I don't want to blow your brains about supplements, but you know, we can do a whole other episode on this. It's a big, big loaded one, but please just know that my, that my particular line is something that I really took great, great care of as I was putting it all together. All right. So a quick last question from, um, from Andy was what are my top five highest protein foods? Of course, meat, uh, is probably the, the number one thing, but it's actually a whole chicken leg is best of all poultry oh. or protein. Who knew? And fish, that's, of course, amazing. But tuna ranks up higher than most. Eggs, those are one of my absolute favorites. I eat a lot of eggs. And uh, in the dairy category, of course, all of these come from, from animals. Another question, I happen to know this person, and uh, they're not plant-based, but things like broccoli are also really high in protein. I'm just sticking to the, to the meat-based or the animal-based ones. But when you go and have dairy, it's actually ricotta cheese that's the highest in protein of all of them. And just to touch on a plant-based one, tempeh, which is uh, fermented soy, is much higher in protein than just tofu. So there you go. There's a few of those. Thank you everyone so much because I think we got some really great questions that, of course, can lead into a whole other situation. Now, just super quickly off the top, I promised you one last quick story about how my first book came together, and I don't want to leave that out. So I was approached by a managing editor at Penguin Canada at the time because she heard me on radio. So I guess I was on radio before I before I met Jerry. And this was not organized by my publicist. This is way back when, uh, 2009, I guess it was. And I just called in to talk about probiotics, funnily enough, to Chum FM and Roger Ashby was talking about what is this probiotic stuff? What is this food trend that we're talking about? If anybody has any, any ideas, give us a call. And it was on at like five to nine when their show was was just wrapping up. So I called. And that day, normally I would have taken my kids to um, to school, to their daycare, but I didn't. My husband at the time, he did that. So I was able to call and I did. And I said my thing. I talked about probiotics just as I normally do. And of course, as Chris says, it just all falls out of my mouth. And I started talking about <laughs> immune system and all these kind of things. And then Mar- Marilyn Dennis says, Oh, like, what do you do? How do you know all of this stuff? And I said, well, I'm a nutritionist and okay, so where do you work? So I said, sproutright.com. And then, uh, and then we wrapped up the segment and, uh, and then I went downstairs and I thought, oh, sometimes they talk a little bit more after, you know, they've done that kind of wrap up thing. So I went downstairs and I put the radio on and then Marilyn Dennis got to my homepage and was looking at a picture of my girls and I, and she said, oh my gosh, look at, look at these three. They're the picture of health. And she raved on and on and on about me from my website. And at that time, my managing editor, Andrea, she heard what Marilyn was saying as she was driving into her, into her office, into the parking lot. So she said, spurtright.com, 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 all the way up to her desk, wrote it down. A week later, she reached out to me and said, hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, hey, yes, I have, but I have no idea how. <laughs> we, went in, we went in and had a meeting. Within a month, I had a book deal. Wow. Isn't that crazy, yeah. huh? But that's how it works. Yeah. That's life for you. That is just, you know, talk about synchronicity, the stars aligned, right. manifesting it. Oh, people told me for years, write a book, write a book. And I said, I have no idea how to make that happen. And mm. then poof, it landed right in my lap. <laughs> so that was that was January. I handed the manuscript in by July the 3rd. And yep, the rest is history. <laughs> folks the a's to your q's i love doing this episode this is so much fun and it's just nice to just talk for a little while so i hope that you really enjoyed it too and if you want to talk some more reach out with your questions reach out with what's going on for you and maybe we'll do this again so take all the info that i shared take all the stuff that chris and i shared let it land laugh it off forget about it in a nanosecond whatever But really, above all, I want you to eat this one mouthful at a time.